Rapport of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Grant Brisby, who covers the San Francisco Giants for the Athletic, about the Giants' offseason acquisitions. After the transaction freeze was lifted last week because of the agreement to a new CBA, the Giants got active fast, adding left-handed pitcher and uh, Cy Young candidate from last year, Carlos Rodon. He's going to plug right into the rotation. Also, Carlos Martinez and Jacob Junis join the Giants' organization as potential bullpen pieces or some starting pitching depth. All things we can talk about with Grant Brisby, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, March 16th. Always fun talking Giants baseball with Grant Brisby, who covers the San Francisco Giants for The Athletic. And I think it was Shania Twain, Grant, who said, looks like we made it, look how far we've come, my baby. I think you're my baby in uh, in this scenario. <laughs> What's going on, dude? And, uh, and how hyped are you that baseball is back? I am pretty darn hyped. First off, I just want to say congratulations to your new gig, too. But, like, I oh, am thank you. I am. I am hyped. I mean, it's baseball, and I didn't realize how much I missed it until, like, February rolled around, and then it was like, oh, okay, come on, let's let's figure this out. Let's end this. Let's come on. Well, and the other part is, like, when, when they reached the agreement last week, and then we knew free agency was going to start basically again, we were going to get the unfreeze of transactions. Like, that's really when it started to feel real to me. Then I was like, dude, we get real baseball news, and it's been pretty hot and heavy pretty much since they unfroze the transaction window. Yeah, I didn't expect the Twins to like be the ones melting the the hot stove league in, in the, <laughs> the spring training era, but like, yeah, no, it, it, it's coming quick. And you, you know, the Giants made the one move you knew they absolutely had to make, getting a starting pitcher at the top of their rotation. And now you got to figure out, okay, well, what's the bat they're going to get, and, and that's the next step. But you know, they made the one move they absolutely had to right off the bat. Yeah, they went out. They sent Carlos Rodon, the uh, the lefty who was previously a Chicago White Sox. Let me ask you your opinion on him. Like, I, I think I'm to the point now where I will not question a Farhan Zaidi, uh, Scott Harris-led uh, evaluation process of talent. It seems like they're getting the right guys in the building. Even when it was guys like Mike Talkman, the Giants don't win the division in 2021 without Mike Talkman robbing home runs and, and hitting home runs, uh, even when he wasn't at his best. What did you think about this move, and, and was Rodon top of your list or high on your list as far as guys maybe the Giants should be targeting out of the uh, the lockout? Yeah, he was number one on my list from you know the start of the lockout uh, up until the Giants signed him. The Giants can find a guy. The Giants can find Jose Quintana or Scott Casimir. They can they can find like Alex Cobb if they want to spend more money. But what they really needed is a guy who you could look at at the you know starting a game two of the NLCS and go. Yeah, I want that guy starting game two and not kind of go, okay, they're stretching themselves a little thin here. And of all the people who are left on the free agent market, that would be Rodon. And if you had to trade for a guy, it might be Sonny Gray or it might be Luis Castillo, Sean Manaya, someone like that. You could give up good prospects to get that guy. But when it came to cash money, it was Rodon, and that was that was it. That was their option. So it made just a ton of sense. Yeah, and it filled out the rotation. You've got a legitimate number two, as you mentioned, Logan Webb, who was brilliant last year at the end of the season and into the playoffs against the Dodgers. Uh, the only starting pitcher in all of the postseason who had two starts of at least seven innings, and he did it in his only two starts, which was impressive. So you go Rodon, then you have Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, 
and Anthony Disclafani as your uh, your five. They still needed some depth, and they went out and they got guys who I thought over the weekend were the perfect guys to add, guys who have had experience both out of the bullpen and in the rotation. Carlos Martinez, who was a, a stud right-hander and eventually a closer at one point in middle relief, long relief for the St. Louis Cardinals. And then Jacob Junis, who's another righty uh, out of the Orioles organization uh, who has spent time at the big league level both in the bullpen and the rotation. What do you think of those moves? I thought for a guy like Junis who has options, it's the perfect move. And for Carlos Martinez, there's a lot of upside there. Yeah, Jace with options is a big deal. And I'm actually writing about this right now. And it's like I had this brain epiphany where it's like, okay, I'm so used to just the old rigidity of there's a number one starter, there's a number two starter, number three, number four, number five. You have a five-man rotation. It's always a five-man rotation. But it's not like that anymore. And I don't think it was like that last year. You have to think of it as the Giants have a 180-inning guy, and that's probably Disclafani. They have a 160-inning guy, probably Logan Webb. They don't want to stretch him too far past his, his innings maximum. You have 140-inning guys like Alex uh, Wood and Alex Cobb. You can maybe get 130 innings out of Carlos Rodon if you're being optimistic. And then you start getting like 90 innings out of Martinez, 80 out of Janice, 60 out of Sammy Long. You, you have to look at it like almost – like an eight, nine, ten man rotation, and that's what you're really building. It's not as rigid as one through five like it used to be. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff in baseball that's not as rigid as it used to be. It's sort of a, fl- a free flowing lineup. It's a free flowing uh, uh, defense when you when you put it out there. And as you mentioned, the way they stack up the bullpen, I like you thinking about uh, thinking about it in terms of innings differently than Gabe Kapler did. I think the way Kapler broke it out in the 2020 season was we're going to have long relief buckets, we're going to have uh, uh, opener buckets, we'll have finishing buckets. I like thinking about it in terms of eating innings instead. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, the buckets was it, it was instructive <laughs> and helpful, but it sounded weird. Like, you know, bring your bucket guy. You're yeah. the high leverage bucket man. Usually, if you're the bucket guy, you're the guy like uh, the pitcher who pitched the day before. You're working the ball bucket and just filling that thing up after BP. In terms of uh, of the lineup, and I heard Farhan say this last weekend. Uh, that they weren't super set on it being a right-handed bat. They probably need a right-handed bat, but he said it didn't really matter. We need versatility. We need different guys who can play all over the uh, the diamond. You look at Chris Bryant, it doesn't seem like the Giants are, are really in on him. They've looked at him and said there's a lot of suitors out there. I don't think we've been uh, high on the fact that he was going to re-sign with the Giants anyway. Is there one guy you're identifying? Is it Seiya Suzuki? Is it uh, Michael Conforto? Is it Castellanos? Who's the guy you're eyeing right now as a good fit? It is Suzuki for me, and uh, just because he doesn't have that multi-positional flair that you might get from someone else that that would fit like a Chris Bryant who can play infield, outfield. I mean, Suzuki did play the infield in Japan a little bit, but that's not what he's going to do in the majors. I like him as the fit because he is uh, young. He's 27. He's in his prime. He's electric. He runs. He throws. He's a goofy dude, and I mean that in the best way. Like, he's got a real sense of humor, and I think the fans would warm up to him. It's it's like from a marketing perspective and from a fit in the outfield perspective. I just don't see anyone who's even close to that kind of fit. So it would be cool if he could play third base and, and second base and move around and stuff like that. But, you know, unless you're talking Trevor Story willing to play center field or Trevor Story willing to play second base, I'm not seeing a guy who fits as well as Suzuki. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. I'm always super intrigued by Japanese players coming over because it's not like getting a stud prospect where you sign him and and he's in your organization and you're waiting for years and years like we are with Elliot Ramos and 
Marco Luciano or Tim Lincecum and Bumgarner and Posey and Matt Cain and those guys before him. With a Japanese player, you can plug him in and, and everybody's hope is that he's going to be like, you know, Hideki Matsui or Ichiro that'll burst onto the scene and be like that. What's your thought on, on signing a, a player that a lot of fans have not seen? Uh, evaluations of him are obviously different because he played in Japan. I know the Japanese league is viewed as a, a very talented league, but you'd much rather have a Hideki Matsui than like a Kazuo Matsui who came over as a, a soft-hitting middle infielder. Uh, What's the evaluation of Seiya Suzuki for people uh, who, who are not familiar with him? And, uh, and and how excited do you get about Japanese talent coming over? You know, I will just like appeal to authority and I'll assume that if the Giants aren't worried about his swing translating or worried about, you know, whatever analytical thing, whatever scouting thing that they see, if they're not worried about it, then I'm aboard, you know, 100%. Because they're the ones that looked at Darren Ruff crushing KBO pitching <laughs> and saying, oh yeah, this guy can do it. We see that that's going to translate well to the majors and they went and got him. So if they're seeing something, I'm seeing something. And if they're seeing something, and it's like the 38 homers he was putting up, the bases he was stealing, the high average, the on-base percentage, he's uh, walking more than he's striking out. Like, I'm on board. So if they see it, I see it, and it's going to be like excitement right away. He's had a reputation of staying healthy, of doing everything that you could ask for in an offensive player. Like, you know, unless they're seeing something when they're slowing down that film and saying, I just don't like the way blank, I just don't see how this isn't a fit. Yeah, there's not much not to trust. I was trying to pull on like a, a thread last week with Tom Tolbert and figuring out, wh- is is there a guy that the Giants have swung and missed on in this regime? And it's tough to go with the, the final Bruce Bochy year because they were trying to appease Bochy and they went out and they got Kevin Pilar. Connor Joe, I think, is the one that comes to mind. But as far as like big contracts that have been handed out, Carlos Rodon would be the most expensive. Wilmer Flores has been a hit. Lamont Wade Jr. has been a hit. Uh, Tommy Lastella was previously the, uh, uh, the the biggest or longest contract that Farhan had handed out. I, I can't think of a guy that they've really absolutely missed on. I guess Aaron Sanchez might be at the top of that list. Do you have one that comes to mind? No, you know, Aaron Sanchez would be uh, close to the top of that list. You know, at the same time, like, it's not like he was awful for the no, Giants. He, you know, he gave them some good innings. Uh, he had a, a relatively modest ERA. I think it was like 306 in, in nine games. I mean, that's not bad at all. They just had, you know, other pitchers they could use before that. I mean, it's like Tyler Austin. I mean, how much, like, are we going to go back and nitpick all these little moves? So when you're talking like a guy who is going to be, uh, have a lot of expectations of the role he's going to play, I really can't think of one. Maybe Hunter Pence, I guess. Like, that was kind of a bigger transaction, but that was, uh, you know, the the weird mutant 2020 season. How much credit or blame can you give for that? I don't think you're going to catch anybody throwing Hunter Pence under the bus or being upset in in these parts about uh, Hunter Pence coming back. Let me ask you this. Do you think they're actually in the market for a designated hitter. I know Kyle Schwarber's a name that's been floated out there, but you look at the lineup and you go, there's a lot of guys who might just DH. Dust, or Darren Ruff is a guy you could put out there almost every day as a right-handed uh, DH against left-handed pitching. Obviously, a left-handed bat is something that they need to plug in there. Do you think they're actually in the market for one? I don't know. I don't think so. Not unless we, we're talking about a guy who can uh, also play the field. Uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber isn't totally limited to DH, but that's where you would want to park him most of the time. I don't know if they're going to get someone who is that limiting. I mean, you, you're already carrying Darren Ruff, who's not going to play center. You know, you've got guys that you're going to have limited to a corner, whether it's Wilmer Flores or Ruff. And I think you can make do with those guys while getting someone who can also cycle through that slot, maybe not have a designated designated hitter, but a guy who, you know, you could just cycle through but also not kill you if he goes to the outfield. I guess Conforto would work for that. You know, if you want someone a little bit cheaper than that, uh, 
you know, I just don't see them going out and getting like a Jorge Soler or someone who you, you have to park there. You know, Nelson Cruz before he signed with the Nationals, just a real just this is our DH full stop. I think the, the Giants and Kapler are going to like the option of, okay, Brandon Belt's knees are a little wonky. Let's get him in a DH, okay? You know, we've got Brandon Crawford starting his 10th game in a row. You know what? I still want the bat in there. Let's get him a DH. You know, stuff like that where you're thinking Brandon Crawford, DH, I think they like the spot and the versatility more than just plugging a guy in there who all he does is hit. It's incredible Nelson Cruz is still out there. I mean, I know you just said he signed with the, with, with the Nationals, but I feel like this guy, I think he's 40 or 41 years old now. I feel like he's been 38 for like 10 years, and he turned 33 years old. Old, and he never stopped hitting homers. Uh, sort of like the uh, the modern uh, Jose Batista is sort of the way I look at him. You know, in 2015, when I was a national baseball writer, I wrote a column about the when the Mariners signed him, about how he was the worst possible free agent the Mariners could sign, that he was going to age poorly, that it was just a disaster of a contract waiting to happen. That was like eight freaking years ago. And the guy's hit like 600 home runs since then. That is my all-time biggest swing and a miss in the column because I just said, oh, the guy's 34. He swings and misses a lot. Really, how, how many more years can you get out of him? Well, apparently like 20. Yeah, he's still going. Uh, the note I saw on him uh, right after he signed with the Nats is that he signed as a – it might have been Seattle. He signed his first ever uh, a contract with as a, a prospect or as a, a like a young professional, and he signed that contract before uh, so- Juan Soto was born. <laughs> like, he, he's in lineups now with guys who weren't born when he started playing pro baseball, which is great. One more thought for you on the way out. A lot of rule changes coming to baseball this year, some remaining, some we knew were coming. As far as the limit of uh, amount of times you can option a player, I think it's to five now in one season. Is that right? How does that affect the Giants, you think? I think it affects the Giants. You know, they're also talking about it's not just uh, the number of times you can option a player, but you have to do it after 15 days now mm. for both the injured list and just an option in general, where you don't just option them out after 10 days, but now it's 15. It's going to mess with the Giants, and the only silver lining with that is that it's going to mess with the Dodgers just as much. These are the two organizations that like to go, pitcher goes up, pitcher goes down. You know, uh, utility and filler up for a few days, back down, injured list, off injured list. I mean, they play all these different games. It really tweaked the rules. If you read Andy McCulloch's uh, story about Farhan Zaidi and how he played fantasy football, and he was always looking for these weird quirks. You know, he'd have kickers on his roster for one week, and like <laughs> he, the rest of the league just hated him because he would always find these little, you know, technicalities to make his fantasy football team better. That's what he was doing with the IL and with the options. So without it, it's one less little toy to play with, but he'll find another. Yeah, I think I'm okay with stubbing my toe as long as uh, the Dodger fans are stubbing their toes, too. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll take the pain, but they got to feel it, too. It's totally good by me. Grant, always fun catching up, man. I'm so glad we got baseball transactions to talk about. We'll keep reading you, and uh, we'll check out that piece that you're working on now uh, as well about the, the rigid formulation of a, uh, or lack thereof now, of a big league pitching staff. Thanks so much, Grant. You got it. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, great stuff from Grant Brisby. Just so nice to be talking actual transactions in baseball and not speculating about where a team may end up going uh, with their decisions this offseason. Probably still need a bat. Seiya Suzuki is out there. Also, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, all guys we talked about, would look really good in black and orange and definitely add a little thumb to that Giants lineup. Thank you to Grant Brisby. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We will not be here with you on Friday or on Monday. It's the March Madness Tournament, which means Brian and I are going to go lay some bets. We're going to take off Friday and Monday. We'll be back with you next week after the start of NFL Free Agency. We can talk about that. And maybe Jimmy Garoppolo will have a new home. That's all to come in the days and weeks ahead. Until then, enjoy the tournament. Enjoy your brackets. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.
attorney time. <laughs> 